Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Voices of Forestry podcast. I'm your host, Seth Stevenson, the Communications Coordinator with the Arkansas Forestry Association. And today I'm joined uh, by Josh Barkheimer. Josh, thank you so very much for uh, giving me a little bit of your time this morning. to Sure talk. thing. Sure thing. I appreciate it. And now, Josh, you are with the Arkansas Association of Consulting Foresters. Correct. Uh, I'm the chapter chair. I've been the chapter chair. uh, I'm in my second term right now. And that kind of gives away what we're here to talk about today, which is, in fact, consulting foresters. Yes, Um, yes. uh, But before we get into that, let's just kind of hop into uh, you, Josh, if you don't mind. Give us a little uh, background on what what you've done over the years. So uh, I've been in consulting forestry for right at 20, well, 20 years now. Uh, graduated in 2000, come straight to work uh, in consulting and um, have done various things in consulting, various aspects of it. It's pretty, when you talk about consulting, it's pretty broad, broad scope there of things uh, as far as scope of work there for different clients. So, uh, but I've been doing that for a little over 20 years now. Um, and so I guess, uh, is that kind of where you envisioned yourself when you went to school? Because it's kind of a very specific part of forestry. It is. It's, uh, you know, forestry is kind of segmented somewhat. You know, you've got your uh, procurement guys that maybe works for a meal, buying buying timber uh, from landowners, such as what we manage for. Uh, the consulting side, like what we do, or or maybe a land resource guy for one of the larger timber companies. You know, there's there's a broad spectrum there. Um, I kind of got involved. I worked for a consulting forester or a consulting uh, firm straight out of it while I was in college for a little bit, and that kind of got my feet wet, and that's kind of the way I ended up going in, in my professional career. And that's usually how it works, right? You it get is. your feet wet in something, and that's just where you land, That's essentially. right. That's right. So, uh, Josh, before we get going into just what exactly you do, um, give us uh, a rundown of what the Association of Consulting Foresters, who is this entity? So the Association Consulting Foresters is a national uh, association. It's just a group of, of forestry professionals. Uh, yeah, I say it's forestry professionals, but we've kind of expanded ourselves in the last few years to where we do have uh, associate members who are not necessarily, they don't necessarily hold forestry degrees, but they have a natural resource background. And so um, we've kind of got, you've got a three-year I guess a uh, candidacy period. So we've got, well, just for instance, in our local chapter, we've got 20 full members. Uh, we've got two candidate members, three lifetime members, which are, you know, retired individuals that are mm-hmm. still active, you know, in the forestry community. Um, but yeah, we there's associate members as well. So just because someone's not necessarily a uh, a forester, you know, if they've got a background in natural resources, uh, whether it's GIS background or whatever else, surveying, you know, some of those are are connected to forestry and timberland management. So we, we accept those members as well. So And that kind of harkens back to the collaboration that we've seen and talked about in other episodes of all these different groups coming together to accomplish one goal in the forestry industry here in Arkansas. That's right. And we've seen that even in some of our uh, universities where... Uh, the degrees themselves are a little more broader spectrum of, of maybe it's a natural resource degree versus a forestry degree or wildlife degree or something of that nature. So Okay. Well, now um, let's hop into just a consulting forester. First off, I guess we need to establish what is it that you do? What are you doing on a daily basis? So um, 
each consulting firm uh, is set up a little bit different uh, as far as maybe the services they provide. Um, the firm that I'm with, you know, we, we've we kind of got different uh, divisions, I guess you would say, within mm-hmm. our consulting firm. Um, you know, a lot of decision-making goes into owning Timberland with any investment property. Uh, or, you know, for some people, if it's a recreational property, they've got different ideals and goals. Um, so in making some of those decisions uh, is partly on valuation. So I do a lot of appraisal work. Uh, I'm also a certified general appraiser, and um, so that what I do in that role kind of helps our clients make decisions moving forward, uh, whether it's planning for the next generation, uh, so forth. Uh, a lot of consulting foresters, you know, the, the bulk of, of what they do, of course, is in the, in the woods, you know, the timberland, making decisions, whether it's doing those timber inventories for clients to see exactly what they have in the first place and where to go from there, you know. And I guess that's what really drives most foresters to kind of get into that role, you know. Mm-hmm. They like that idea of helping those clients make those decisions. Because yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot. And the two years that I've been here, I've noticed that is, it's not just plant some trees hope they grow, and then cut them down when they're big. It's There's way more to it than that. And that's right. And, you know, and as a part, kind of like we talked about earlier, you know, there's different divisions. Maybe it's a, a large timber company. You know, if you're in the land resource division, you've kind of got a, a goal, and that goal is, is the same across several thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of acres, mm-hmm. whereas with private landowners, each one of those um, – owners timberland owners has different goals uh you know it may be generating income it may be a place for recreation for hunting or or just bird watching or whatever it may be um there's different goals and those different goals dictate what we need to do to to hit those goals for those clients and so you guys work with private landowners and bigger companies we do we do um you know it could be a small landowner with 20 acres, uh, some larger private individuals that may own several thousand of acres. That's right. So do you? is there one group that you work with more than the other, or is it kind of a 50 It's 50 a pretty split? good mix for our company. It, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good mix. Um, some companies uh, do more work for uh, some of the TMO groups, maybe, uh, rather than just what we consider, you know, private landowners, you know, the, the family-owned forest, mm-hmm. you know, that have 40 acres, 100 acres, or a few hundred acres. Okay. So the one thing that I've also heard working with the association is how important it is to get someone like you, get a consulting forester out there to kind of look around at property, whether you are a private landowner or a bigger company. Why is that the case? So with, you know, consulting foresters, you know, we're there for the the landowner. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not out there... Uh, you know, as consulting foresters, we've got a code of ethics that we go by and, and adhere to those. And uh, part of that is, you know, the landowner is the principal. That That's who our, basically our employer is, mm-hmm. if you will. And so we're working for that landowner. Uh, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, people wondering why why should I hire a consulting forester? Well, we're working for you. And we're kind of that go-between between... Uh, yourselves and that timber buyer out there. Um, 
lot of uh, great timber buyers out there you know, that we deal with on a regular basis. Um, but for the untrained or uneducated landowner, knowing what a good price is for their timber, a lot of most people don't know that. You know, and that's a that's an ever changing market. And mm-hmm. knowing what's what's happening right now, what's potentially happening with happening with some of the end users, the meals that is, kind of helps us plan and dictate what we need when we need to do sales and things of that nature. Not necessarily just uh, the best price at that time, but maybe the best price maybe six months down the road or a year down the road, mm-hmm. and helping landowners makes that make those decisions. Is where we as professional foresters kind of come in, come in for them. So you guys are pretty plugged into the market and the economy. You have to be. You yeah. have to be to do, to do um, you know good due diligence for our landowners. You mm-hmm. have to be. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. And I, I I guess I planned this out a little bit better than I thought I did because we just spoke to Dr. Matt Pelkey about just forestry economics in general and the importance of having a strong forestry economy to help the smaller communities and the smaller landowners out there. Um, so this is working out fantastic. Most definitely. And it, and it takes um, persons like Dr. Pelkey to, you know, because we can't sit there. And, you know, we've got our management side of things to get done on the ground, boots on the ground a lot of times. Uh, and it's great to have resources like Dr. Pelkey that, that publish information on a pretty regular basis and other, you know, um, other individuals are companies out there mm-hmm. that publish data and put that out pretty regular that we depend on and uh, to kind of see where things are going between that and what we see in our, our really local markets you know and, and each each landowner kind of has their own market because of location so to speak but how does that fit for that landowner mm-hmm. you know what's it gonna how's it gonna affect them price wise and so it seems excuse me it seems that kind of taking a couple steps back here but what you guys do without a landowner and land there would be no you so you so you guys are i mean relying on these landowners to have healthy forests and to have healthy timber so you guys can continue doing what you do that's right so we're so we're working together you know their their goals are our goals you Mm -hmm. know we want them to have what they need um to move forward um you know it's a lot like a much like land brokerage or real estate mm-hmm. brokerage, you know, we're out there working for that that owner or buyer to get them the best deal that we can, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, we really take to heart that their goals are our goals. So if I was, if I were a landowner and, and I needed to get in touch with you guys, for instance, what, what would I expect uh, when I gave a call and say, hey, I want a consulting forester to come out Take a look at my land. Talk to me. What can I expect after that? So there's a lot of landowners that, you know, maybe they are, um, they don't live near the property. They're out-of-state landowners. Uh, some of them may live on the property and are, are heavily involved with managing the property. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, you know, a lot less involved. And depending on the scope of work uh, that they're needing, um, what services they're needing, we'll make a proposal for them you know, and structure that proposal to, to fit them the best. Um, like I said, some individuals may just want, um, you know, to handle a timber sale for them. Uh, some may want long-term forest management. 
So it's a varied uh, role for even each client. You okay. Know? So yeah, I guess I didn't realize that then. Then it's not just like you. They, I give a call, say, hey, I need someone, and you just kind of run through a checklist of things. It's a very specific thing that you're going out there for then. Uh, at times, yes. Yeah. yeah. So and a lot of times we get those calls from clients that don't really know what they want mm-hmm. or what they need from us. And, and that's where we kind of come in and, and tell them what all services we can provide. Mm-hmm. And from there they can decide, you know, where they need us at, you know. And we make a proposal to tailor that. Okay, okay. So uh, I guess you mentioned out-of-state landowners, which we, we spoke to uh, another out-of-state landowner a while back in an earlier episode. So is there any specific difference between an out-of-state landowner and someone who is either on the property or relatively close? It, it can be. So like if somebody you know lives on the property or maybe even just hunts on the property mm-hmm. throughout their regular basis, you know, maybe they just want us to... Uh, administer timber sale for them and oversee that um, for an out-of-state landowner they may want more property oversight as far as inspections and stuff you know to make sure that everything's going right mm-hmm. you know a lot of landowners if they do live out of state uh, want to realize some extra income from recreational leases and may want to lease the property out and most most consulting firms uh, handle hunting leases as well for their clients. Just another another part of that scope of work, mm-hmm. you know, that we provide for them. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, no, this is this is all good because I keep saying that I I'm, I'm I'm learning as I'm doing these episodes. So hearing that you know it, it varies and there's so many different things that you guys can offer mm-hmm. someone who may be stuck isn't necessarily the right word, but who may not know what to do. What the next step is for them yeah um is 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 interesting so i guess what is some advice that you would give to someone who may be listening to this who's a landowner or who has heard okay hiring a consulting forester is what you need to do what is some advice that you might give to them what advice might I give to them? I know it's kind of a broad, broad yet it is. specific it, question you know so. as, as we begin to talk to those landowners mm-hmm. um you know, there will be something said that kind of triggers us to maybe go down a different road of questions that say, oh, okay, I see what you're kind of wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's maybe somebody who's just inherited the property and they don't even know what's on the property. Maybe they've never even seen it possibly. You know, we can go out, take a look at the, look at the property for them and uh, make a plan for them. Hey, mm-hmm. here's some options that you, that you can do. Uh, you know, uh, whether it's from the forest management side, recreational side, you know, you know, there may be several options they have to move forward with forest management. Some of those are a lot more intensive, uh, maybe more cost money input to the property, mm-hmm. but a greater return on the backside. Um, so it's really up to each individual. Um, you know, and it may be that if they just inherited it, maybe they don't want to keep it long term. All that weighs into how we manage that property. You know, if, mm-hmm. if it's an eventual sale of the property five years down the road, those are things that we take into consideration, you know, on how we manage the property. Uh, you know, a lot of some, there's a good bit of consulting foresters out there that, that offer other services. I spoke about the appraisal services other uh, earlier, but there's also uh, land brokerage services. And a lot of consulting foresters, offer that you know uh, as a real estate salesperson or, or agent so it seems 
to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, that at least starting the conversation with someone, a consulting forester specifically, will kind of help get you to where you need to be as a landowner, get you to what you want to do, even if you don't know what you want to do, if that even makes sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're right. You, You don't. I guess you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's where we as consulting foresters kind of step in and, and help and, and working for them as kind of a fiduciary responsibility for the landowner. You know, we, mm-hmm. we step in for them. So, Josh, at the end of the day, this is still an expense. They're, they're paying you or whomever for a service. So how does that kind of work out? How do you get paid, I guess? Uh, if that's not too much to ask. No, ask no, me. no. So um, each, you know, each firm has their own fee structure set up differently, um, you know, and some of them probably go on a, a per acre rate. Some of them on a commission basis based on timber sales, uh, much like you would see a real estate broker selling a house or something other or land, you know, there it's a, a fee structure or commission based mm-hmm. off the sale. Uh, sometimes it's a mix of those two, uh, between a commission and an annual fee, um, you know, and, and based on the services that you need, you know, that consulting forester is going to structure, you know, your fee structure based on what you're needing, uh, you know, uh, the hour or the, some things are on an hourly rate, you know, if there's some things out there that uh, specific jobs, you know, there's an hourly structure in there. Mm-hmm. So. Each each consulting forester is going to give you a, a proposal of how how the fee structure is going to work, and and a lot of landowners, you know, well, why am I paying somebody to do this when I can just go to a timber buyer and sell directly, and and sometimes that's okay, but like I said, you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with us being up to date and up to speed on markets. And that's where we bring value to the landowner. That expertise. That expertise and getting them top dollar Mm -hmm. for their timber, um, you know, and and making those decisions for them when the best time to sell is. Um, That's where we bring value to the table for Mm -hmm. that that landowner. Okay. And now you did mention uh, earlier when we were talking a code of ethics. So I guess that's another question that I have is how do I know – Someone, the consulting forester that I'm hiring is working by that code of ethics and not just some dude or some lady who's going to give me a, I guess, a crap job. Yeah. So, you know, we adhere to a, a code of ethics with the Association Consulting Foresters. Not that, you know, um, there aren't good foresters out there that aren't part of the association. There's some great foresters out there. Um, but we kind of want to step up our game as mm-hmm. consulting foresters. And as part of the association, we can, like other professional organizations, whether it's, you know, in real estate, you know, National Association of Realtors or whatever, there's organizations typically within each profession where we're able to learn from each other, bounce things off other, each other, uh, share information, and through the association, we're able to do some of those things. Uh, you know, we're we're com- in the end we're competitors, but mm-hmm. but we want to see each other do well as well. So the association is kind of a, a good sign that someone is probably working under those ethics. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Yeah. So we've got a, a uh, several 
uh, canons and codes of conduct, you know, that we we abide by and we adhere to. And um, that's kind of what we hold ourselves to and each other to. And what are some of those ethics, those codes? This might be a dumb question, but, you know, what are some of the things that you guys kind of strive to keep keep on the forefront of your mind? So it's a, it's a matter of, of who we're working for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the, the main outline of those uh those codes of uh, ethics there uh who we're working for you know it kind of points that out you know there's no blurring the lines so to speak as to you know okay we're out here maybe buying timber on as well or you know but no we're strictly working for the landowner and um you know that's where we kind of come to the table and and let people know who we are Mm -hmm. who we represent Okay. It sounds like I'm giving you a test, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. So no, it, no. I appreciate you kind of uh, humoring me while, as we talk about some of this stuff. Um, but there are consulting forces all around the state, correct? At least in correct. Arkansas. We're talking about Arkansas right That's now. right. Yeah. You know, just, you know, not only, you know, within our association, there's other consulting scattered around the state. You know, even our members are scattered across the state. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, they are kind of... I would say heavily concentrated to the southern part of the state. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of national forest up in the northern, western part of the state. You know, there's not as much private ownership. Um, so, you know, where most of the private ownership is is located at, of course, is the southern part of the state, and that's where we see the greater concentration of our members. And I guess that makes sense because that's where most of the – I mean, I, most of the time I go anywhere outside of Little Rock, it's usually – to southern Arkansas, cause that's where most of the forestry stuff seems to be going on. It is on the yeah. private side. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Josh, I think that kind of about covers everything that I wanted to touch base with you on. If people were curious to learn more about the Association of Consulting Foresters, where would they go to do that? So they could go to the Association of Consulting Forester website. It's acf.foresters.org. Uh, they can go there. And uh, there's also a lot of other resources out there. Uh, there's other trade organizations, whether it's uh, forest landowners, uh, you know, that people can go to that own private, privately owned timberlands, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, get some resources that kind of interlink there. Timberland Owners Association, things of that nature. And that should have everything they need if, if they're curious i guess just where to start and what they need to be looking for that's right cool that's right all right well josh thank you so much again for giving me this 20 30 minutes of your time today um especially with everything that's going on in the world uh we're able to do this safely and to uh get all this information out to those who might be needing it. i appreciate it i enjoyed it seth awesome well josh thank you again and thank you guys for listening uh, I want to give a shout out, as always, to Rob McCormick slash some guy named Rob for the use of our theme song, The Same Love, off of his album, The Folkster. You can find that on Spotify or wherever you get your music. And if you're interested in learning more about the Arkansas Forestry Association, you can find us at arcforest.org. That's A-R-K-F-O-R-E-S-T-S dot org. We've got some information there about consulting foresters and we also have our buyer's guide if you need help finding someone in your area, um, whether it's a consulting forester, timber buyers, anything that you may be interested in looking for, we've got that there. And we also encourage you to go listen to some of our older episodes of Voices of Forestry. If you found this one, odds are you are able to find the, the others, but if you can't, we're on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and there's a page on the Arkansas Forestry Association website for you to take a look or take a listen, actually, at some of those older episodes. But again, thank you for joining us this month. We'll be back on the first Friday of next month with a new topic and a new speaker. I've been Seth Stevenson, and thank you for listening to the Voices of Forestry.